How's it going guys? Miguel here from CFS Recovery. In this video, I'm gonna be talking about why recovery is taking 10 times longer than it should. Now, you probably search up online, you've probably seen recovery videos of you know people's stories, how they overcame this, how sick they were, how long it took them to get better. And you're probably watching these videos thinking to yourself, wait a minute, this person is probably more sick than I am, yet they got better in three months or six months or a year when I've been at this for multiple years and I seem to just be getting worse. What the heck is going on? How did they recover? And how am I getting worse? How did they gain traction? How am I going in the opposite direction of that? Right? It doesn't make sense. And in this video, I'm going to show you exactly why. Now, just to give you some context for me, for about four and a half years, I would get very sick. Then I would get a little bit better, go back to work, overwork myself, get sick again, get better, go back to work, get more sick, get better, go back to work. And then I think the third or fourth time I got completely wiped out. Super sick to the point where I was completely bedridden for about eight months, could not walk, couldn't really function. I needed help every single day to eat, go to the washroom. I had to get food brought to me and I was just seeming to get worse. Yet, after I met my doctor, after I learned everything that was going on and I started implementing the right things, after getting on the right track in recovery, I made more progress in about three months than I did in the whole previous year combined. And in the following year, I made more progress in that one year than I did in the entire four and a half years combined. So in this video, I'm gonna break it down for you, why it's taking you so long, what is prolonging it, and how you can speed up the process of recovery. Now, your mindset should not be, how do I recover in the quickest way possible? How do I do this fast? How do I do this soon so I can get back to living my life? It shouldn't be like that, right? Because if you think that way, you will start to rush the process. Today, I'm gonna share something with you on my trusty iPad. Normally, I would write this on a whiteboard, but I think this was a nicer setup and we're gonna try something different here today. We're gonna to go with the iPad. Now, if we think of recovery as a timeline, we have the start right about here. If this is a timeline, then this is the end, right? This is the start of recovery. This is the end of recovery. Now, most people think it's just a straight line, right? You would think that, but it's actually much more complex than that. I want to tie in something very important that we're gonna touch on in this that makes the biggest difference is your emotions during recovery. Now, it would be nearly impossible to be as emotionally stable as a rock during recovery, but there are these fluctuations where sometimes you feel happy, sometimes you feel sad, sometimes you have more worries, sometimes you feel a bit more relaxed, which is rare, but there's gonna be a lot of fluctuations in your emotions. When you're recovering, let's use red as emotions here, there are going to be these ups and downs, kind of like this, right? Your emotions fluctuate. Let's say this is a normal person's emotions. And to give a timeline for the sake of giving a timeline, let's make this, you know, let's just say one year, just for the sake of it. Now within one year, there's lots of fluctuations in emotions. Things happen, life happens, you know, family member gets sick. Something's coming up where you have to go out to do a physical event, or you have to go to a birthday party or a Christmas dinner or people come over and it's, it's very stimulating. You're gonna have different emotions. You're gonna feel happy, sad, excited, feelings of depression, things like that. This is a normal range of emotion. What happens with CFS is these emotions are amplified. And so let's just say that a normal range of emotions is within these levels, kind of like that. These are the normal ranges of emotions. When you're recovering, when you're going through something like CFS, when you have a hypersensitive nervous system, these waves are much more 
drastic. And I'll show you here. Instead of being within the normal ranges, it tends to go outside the normal ranges. And there's these blips where you have these mega highs and mega lows, mainly a lot of lows. This is just showing you the different ranges of emotions. Now notice how here we're outside those normal ranges. Right? And anything outside those blue ranges, I want you to think about that as you know, worry, fear, negative emotions. When you have these things, you go outside that emotional threshold and then it will tend to stress your body out. Because what happens is when your emotions are amplified, especially most of the time it's fear, it's anxiety, it's worry, you're gonna go on what I like to call a side quest. If you think of recovery like a mission, there are all these side missions. It's kind of like a video game, right? There's one goal, especially if you play like Red Dead Redemption or, or GTA, something like that. If you're older, then you might not be familiar with these games, but essentially it's like a video game, but within that video game, within that main storyline, there's all these other small missions. And so what happens is when your negative emotions go over a certain threshold, they can kind of spiral out of control. So up here, you know, we had some emotions go outside our normal threshold. Our mind will spiral out of control and go on the side quests. It can go on these different rabbit holes of thinking. Oh, what if I potentially have early onset of Parkinson's or Addison's or adrenal fatigue or Lyme's mold? EBV, any of these things, it's going to cause you to go on this downward spiral and it just completely takes you off track of recovery. It's a complete side quest. And then what happens is once your body calms down from that, and we could look at that like, you know, a pretty big crash or adjustment period or whatever it is, it takes your mind off track of the main goal, which is to recover at the end here. And so essentially when you get back to a normal level, then you have more negative emotions, negative thoughts. And then if it goes too far, then it starts to put you in that downward spiral again. So your thoughts spiral out of control. And as we know, when your thoughts spiral out of control, you start to have physical symptoms. And then you end up going on all these different side quests and the whole journey feels much, much, much longer than it should be. So you have all of these things. Look how much extra time that took, how much extra effort, how much of a longer journey that is than if we just traveled in a straight line all the way through. It just made the journey so much longer. So this is something to really think about. Every time your mind starts to go down these loopholes, these side quests, it starts to go down these rabbit holes of potential outcomes or worries or fears, all these things, it takes you off the path, right? It, it just delays the process. It doesn't completely stop it, but it delays it because at the end of the day, you know, my belief is that everybody can recover from something like this. They learn the right stuff and have the right approach. As long as there's no other health conditions that have been proven and all your tests and scans have come back negative, or they don't find anything that clearly explains the level of symptoms that you're feeling. If the doctors don't have any solutions, this applies to you, right? So anytime it goes outside of these normal ranges, these dotted blue areas, things are just gonna spiral out of control. But we don't want that, right? So we wanna be like this red line, here, this red squiggly line and keep our emotions within a certain threshold. And this can be for both happiness and sadness. I think if we were to draw out a graph in terms of emotion, there's depression, at least this is how I see it, right? I'm not saying this is exactly right, but there's depression and then there's elation. Elation is when you're overly happy or overly excited. Right? So it's the extreme ends of the spectrum. I think in the middle, at least from what I've read and you know, the programs and the courses I've taken and what I've experienced in the middle, it's this state of gratitude. And that's where you wanna get to. When you're gratitude, you're level-headed, these emotions aren't fluctuating so much and you're able to see everything from a more understanding perspective. You're not placing labels of good or bad on the things, circumstances, people, places, things in your life, but you're able to actually be grateful for them.
You know what, I think, at least from my experience, gratitude is in the middle of all of this, in the middle of depression and elation. You know, you can swing to both ends, but I think right in the middle of that, the healthiest way, the most balanced thing is to have gratitude. Now these side quests, these things, I'm gonna circle it, just so you know what I'm talking about. These side quests, they're inevitable. They're going to happen. Your mind is gonna go down rabbit holes. Things are gonna come up and stress you out. What we wanna do is if it does reach to that point where you do start going down a rabbit hole, you just need to be able to recognize it as soon as you can. And when you're able to recognize it, you're able to stop adding fuel to the fire. I have another video that talks a lot about this and you can find it up here. It talks about the right way to progress and the wrong way to progress and move along in your recovery. But it's okay if things kind of take you off track because no one ever just goes straight through in one shot. It's impossible because we're human. We're not perfect. There are gonna be times where you have hiccups. So when you do find yourself start to go off track and go on these side quests, you wanna limit them as much as you can. Like I said, it takes a lot of awareness to catch yourself from going too far. So maybe it looks something like this. As you get better in recovery, these happen less and less. You go on these smaller and smaller side quests smaller and smaller downward spirals because at the beginning you know place like that there can be quite intense downward spirals but as you move along in recovery it gets less and less you know you can almost feel a trend of those negative thoughts and you know going down those rabbit holes become less and less intense and less frequent so this is how most people go along in their recovery and this is probably what you're doing right now too what can happen sometimes is if this downward spiral gets too far out of control, it can kind of explode into something like a crash and like a major setback where you actually go back a few steps and you start there. Then you repeat the process. You might run into the same issue, the same kryptonite, the same hurdle, and then it can lead you down that path again and you get stuck in this loop where you're not actually making progress. You're just stuck in that same spot in the timeline, right? That's where you wanna identify your kryptonites. And I have a video right up here talking about that. The big dominoes in your recovery, the kryptonites, the big things that are holding you back that without solving them or dealing with them or facing them head on or actively doing something about them, you're gonna stay stuck. You're gonna stay stuck or it's gonna take you much, much longer to recover. These are the things you wanna be aware of and it's something that we really talk on in Recovery Jumpstart. We find out what's blocking you, what's keeping you stuck. Every single person in the program has their own profile. What are their biggest struggles? What's their kryptonite and what is the solution to that? And everybody's a little bit different. There's a lot of crossovers and similarities for people's circumstances, but for the most part, you know, it's quite unique to them. So you need to identify what are the triggers that cause your emotions to go outside of this normal level or this certain threshold that you have that cause it to go out of control, right? So we don't want you to get stuck. That's what we don't want. Ideally, in a perfect world, these side quests get smaller and smaller as time goes on. So the trend moves in the direction where, you know, there's less and less of these happening to the point where at the end of your recovery, things don't phase you, right? You're not as hypersensitive anymore. So the same things, the very same things that might worry you a ton in the beginning, you know, over here, over here in the early stages, that same stressor can look like this towards the end of your recovery because that same stimulus, it's not gonna stress you out that much. But it's just the beginning that's the hardest. Being able to recognize when you're on this is very important. But let me know if this is making sense. I hope, you know, my drawing's not too messy. I hope you guys are understanding this and resonating with it. Think of the times where you went on downward spirals and you kind of got out of control, at least emotionally and mentally. It's very common. I know for myself, I used to have this happen every single day. I would get into these loops 
where I just worry, I get into these patterns of asking myself, am I ever actually gonna get better? Am I ever gonna live a normal life? Am I ever even gonna walk normally again? I didn't know, I forgot what it was like to walk, literally. I really had to think about it and dream about it. The only time I would really walk around was in my dreams, literally. Because when I tried, my legs would be buzzing and tingling for the rest of the day and my skin would be crawling and there was like pain. It felt like elephants were sitting on my legs. So, you know, there's a way to deal with that as well, which is the brain retraining exercise for chronic pain, which you can actually watch it in this video up here. But I hope this makes sense and really paints a picture of kind of what's going on with the body. If it doesn't make sense, if you wanted more clarity on this, then I would be happy to do a follow-up video to this, you know, maybe a different diagram. But if this did make sense to you, make sure to let me know down in the comments below and let me know if you want me to do more diagrams like this, more breakdown videos where I really visually show you guys what I'm talking about. I'm a very visual person myself, so I find it quite easy to come up with these drawings, but let me know if this helps. I'm happy to do them. Now for the subscriber comment of this video, it comes from a user named Just Because I Can. And this person says, when I just found out I had CFS, my mind was going a thousand miles per hour. I wanted to know everything and do everything I could. It resulted in overstimulating and crashes. And then I listened to the recovery stories more carefully. They did just a few things and did it consistently to recover. They supported their physical body while doing mind and body techniques. It is just the anxiety saying, but if I don't do this and this, I won't recover. If you know what causes nervous system dysregulation, the techniques are simple and you are absolutely right. Recovery is actually much simpler than people make it out to be. I think it's just very overwhelming and confusing because we are in a state of analysis paralysis. We're in this fear mode where we can't really make decisions properly. They will be very skewed because we're in an emotional state. And especially when we've tried so many things in the past, I'm sure you're watching this right now, the whole reason you're here is because you've already spent thousands of dollars on other tests and specialists, and maybe naturopaths, doctors, alternative treatments that didn't really work. And so now your mind is in a place where it doesn't wanna make the same mistakes again. And it also doesn't wanna waste not only just money, but your time and energy and your effort. Because every time you try something new, it brings with it a risk of disappointment. And sometimes it gets to that point where you've already been disappointed so many times, the last thing you wanna do is put your hope on the line again just to have it pulled away from you by reality and to be disappointed again. So recovery is actually quite simple. I try to simplify it as much as I can on this YouTube channel. If you really wanted to understand it in the simplest way possible, then you can click the link down below. You can apply for our program because all of these concepts we talk about it in the Recovery Jumpstart program in the Thriver Mentorship Calls. We talk about it every single week and there's people recovering. You know, As you implement these things and get better, it becomes easier and easier over time. And when you're surrounded by people who are recovering, who are just like yourself, who are in the trenches, but have this one thing in common of thriving health, that's the end goal for all these people, it just becomes normal to recover. It becomes a natural thing when you surround yourself with people like that. So if you wanted some extra help in simplifying recovery and learning more things just like this, and if you wanted some hands-on help, make sure to click the link down below. Like I said, apply. We can see if you're a good fit for the program. And if you did enjoy this video, if you got some value out of it, make sure to comment down below. Like I said, let me know if this makes sense. I'm happy to do more videos like this. Make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and hit the notification bell so that way you don't miss any of this kind of content. And always remember, you are a thriver and you are just one mind shift away from living a life of thriving health. I'll see you in the next video.